fucking rug. This is the study. As you can see, the various commendations, awards, citations, honorary degrees, etc. Mm, very impressive. Oh, please feel free to inspect them. Oh, no, I'm not that really... Uh... Oh, please, please. That is the key to the city of Pasadena, which Mr. Lebowski received two years ago in recognition of his various civic... Uh... Oh, that's the Los Angeles Chamber of Commerce Business Achiever Award, which is given... Oh, not necessarily given every year. Hey, given only when there's a worthy somebody... This, is this him with uh, Nancy? Yes, indeed. That is Mr. Lebowski with the First Lady, yes. Oh. Let's take in when Mrs. That's Ring uh, Lebowski on the left there? Yeah, of course, Mr. Lebowski on the left. So he's a, uh, you know, a, a uh, handicapped guy? Mr. Lebowski is disabled, yes. Uh, this picture was taken when Mrs. Reagan was first lady of the nation. Yes, yes, not of California. Uh, in fact, he met privately with the president. This is Gutterballs. The Lebowski Deepcast. Oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Stoner bowling movie, period piece, western. Providing insight. Why is the half and half everywhere? It was open. Commentary. Got my half and half in the bowling ball. I'm going home. And conjecture. Did they have bowling in the Old West? That's one for the canon of the history of film. And now, Gutterballs. Give it the old, give it the old spinneroo. The old college try. The old college try. What is a college try? Really, like, what does that mean? What's the entomology of that phrase? This is how you're gonna start it off? Yeah, I mean, is that something to do with like, I don't know, like, I don't know, I just don't know. What does it mean? Well, it depends if you want to, like, whose definition are you going by? If you go I mean, by I know, Urban I Dictionary, I mean, it's, it results in uncontrolled rage and frustration rather than learning. I see. I don't know if they're the arbiter of definitions. I mean, I know, I mean, college try generally means like you give it like a good try. Maybe not even 100%. Maybe like anywhere from like 90 to 97%. <clears throat> yeah, I always thought it meant like kind of like a try, like it's something you're not sure about, but I'm gonna give it a try anyway. But I'm wrong, apparently. According to Merriam-Webster, it says, definition of college try, a zealous all-out effort. That's a, see, I, I was kind of in your camp where, so, you know, I have a daughter and, you know, you have kids, they don't wanna eat most things right they just want to eat what they want to eat they don't want to try anything new it's like what if i don't like it one time you made me try liver i hated it it made me want to throw up not that anyone ever did that to me twice but to me college try was i know you think you're not going to like it maybe you won't like it probably not even but at least like make an attempt that was like College try. Make the attempt, at least. But this, that is not correct, you're saying. Right. A zealous all-out effort. Hmm. Well, if you, if you want to ask uh, english.stackexchange.com, it says the etymology of it is referencing an old ritual that might have percolated amongst alumni of the old and prestigious New England colleges' universities. This is just someone positing that. A wild and desperate attempt to make a play. Sometimes the term carries a hint of showboating. See, very different than how right. I've always thought it was used. They're, they're referencing Babe Ruth in this one, too. And he defined it as, you know, playing to the grandstand or making strenuous effort to field a ball that obviously cannot be handled. <laughs> Well, that's, that's like three very different. Right. But then it has extended use. The term was quickly applied to any effort with limited chances of success. Yeah, see, that's, so that's, that's more, like more along the lines, I think. Yeah, it's like you're going to go all out even though the odds are stacked against you. Right. So it's, yeah, kind of there.
I just made oxtail for you, daughter. Eat it. You'll like it. What is it, daddy? Well, it is what it sounds like. It's a cow's tail that's been cut off and cooked. It's delicious. Limited chance of success, that. Yes. So, we're at, uh, we're fully into double digits episode-wise right now. We are indeed. <laughs> Number 11. I feel, somehow I feel like there should be a, like a recap. We probably should have done it after episode 9, like, the first 10, you know, looking back. Like, you know how sitcoms, like, Friends right. would do, like, you know, they do the, uh, whatever you call that, like. Like a clip show? Like a clip show. You know, we should have done like a clip show. Well, we could still Because the first act was done, theoretically, like we discussed last time. Uh, it just yeah. seemed like 10 minutes, right at the 10 minute mark, it was like screaming for some sort of recognition. Well, we could always do a belated clip show after this one. That would fit our MO, probably. Yeah. Why 10? Why why do it after 10? If you do it after 10, then it's the 11th episode. So 12, 12 sounds like a better episode to we be go, the, the retrospective <laughs> than 11. 11 we is go, a weird, odd number. <laughs> we go to 11, man. Yeah, but we also can't call it episode 12 because I'll just throw off the numbering to minute. It'd have to be like a special, special, well, pre- do, special uh, presentation, like episode A. 11B. Yeah, something like that. 11B. Or just like yeah. A. Or give them, like, square. We'll have, like, spe- special presentation. Square, triangle, and rhombus right. or something like that. And Sputnik. Square, rhombus, triangle, circle, Sputnik. You can't leave out the Sputnik. No, Sputnik's important. Especially when you're talking Lebowski. Yeah. So, this minute. Minute. This is, we're entering the 11th minute. Starting at time marker time 10, 10 colon zero zero. Right. And here we are. We're introduced to Brant. We have a whole new character. A whole new, fabulous, wonderful, weird little character. Yes. I love Brant so much. Brant, Brant rocks this movie. Yes. The wonderful Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know, and when this movie came out, I don't think he was too well-known or well-known at all. I mean, he was Boogie Nights previously. Boogie Nights. He was, was Boogie Nights at this point. Yeah. It was just, oh, it's the guy from Boogie Nights. And he's playing kind of a really different character. Although both characters are kind of squirrely hanger-ons in right. a way, but still very right. different. Yeah. They, they hang on in different ways. Uh, Brandt is very proper, you know, prim, tidy, by-the-book, organized. While, uh, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember that dude's name from Boogie Nights. Johnny? Jimmy? Junior? <laughs> oh, Scotty. There you Scotty, go. Scotty. You, were, right. you, were, you had the E's. I was in this, yeah, some kind of yeah. diminutive, familiar yeah. thing. Scotty. Yep. I just looked it up. It's like, Boogie Nights. Can I kiss you? Yeah. YouTube. That's just one of the most awkward moments yes. in film history probably. can i can i kiss you but that's exactly what i whenever i see philip seymour hoffman i think of that thing yeah. that just okay. defines him yeah it does it does yeah because scotty is kind of like unkempt sweaty doesn't take care of himself so yeah different characters but living sort of in the same outskirts What are you doing? You're just watching Boogie Nights now? Yeah, I'm just going to watch Boogie Nights now silently. You you continue. I'll continue. So, this minute starts out. uh, We have the wonderful Philip Seymour Hoffman playing Brant. And the dude... Now, you could make a case that this minute starts with a few frames of the bowling alley. But just for, you know, making it easy on ourselves, I'm going to just start it when the dude yeah. enters the uh, study. Agreed. It's just easier. Who, I've had enough of that bowling alley by now. So we don't even see, we have no, and this is another reason why I think it's pretty clear that this begins the second act. It's an abrupt change. 
So we go from a well-established environment, tons of establishing shots of the bowling alley, people bowling, detail shots of the ball, the lanes, the pin setter, the uh, ball conveyor belt thing, all the characters in the bowling alley. We have no such thing here at the start of the second act. In fact, it starts out murky. We're not even sure what we're looking at. We see uh, one of the plaques on Jeffrey Lebowski's, the big Lebowski's wall. And it's sort of a half uh, mirrored surface that's kind of has this etching. Variety Clubs International. Jeffrey Lebowski, achiever of the year, it says. Achiever. Achiever. He's an achiever. Keep He'd, that word in mind, achiever. He'd pound his fists just lightly on the desk when he say achiever. Achiever of the year. It reflected in there, you can see the dude, but very blurry and murky and vague, and behind him another person. So you're not even entirely certain what you're looking at at first. But what you do see is, obviously you recognize Lebowski right away. It's kind of right in the middle of the frame. It's like, well, that's interesting. And then the logo for Variety Clubs International which whatever that is. But the logo of it is a circle with its name going around the inside of the circle, Variety Clubs International, and then inside that circle, a heart. And in the heart is what looks like the main character from V for Vendetta, but wearing a bow tie and a top hat. I think... It is a strange line drawing of an like individual, but to me it looks like there's a top hat, but the top hat is kind of tilted back. The character's mouth is open wide, like he's singing, perhaps. <laughs> what is he singing about? I don't know. Well, it's a variety clubs. So he could be singing variety, about anything. Variety clubs international. Variety clubs? What variety of club? Like Rotary Club, not that. Is it just like an umbrella club for all other clubs? Variety or is it clubs. Only the clubs that weren't allowed into the cool kids packed of clubs. Well, or is it just a bunch of clubs, each the same and each celebrating the same um the same variety. Right? So like variety oh, I got club you. of, you know, um, uh, McClintock kids. County. Or variety club of, you know, snack foods. We like all variety of snack foods. We're the snack food club. No good? You know, you celebrate variety in any of its forms. So variety clubs is an actual organization, I guess. You're looking it up. Cary Grant refused to let the variety clubs honor him in any way. Now the organization which raises money to aid children and in which Mr. Grant was active We'll give a party tonight in the Cary Grant suite of the Warwick Hotel, where he lived for five years. What year is, or is this article <laughs> October from? October 21st, 1991. Cary Grant was still alive in 1991? Um, I don't think so. It's just where he lived. His organization. But yes, this is from the New York Times in 1991. It's founded in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Is that true? Variety Clubs International. This is... That's too much of a rabbit hole for me. I don't know. I'm already broken. I'm, I'm broken actually down. frightened by this. I'm actually yes. frightened by it. A so bit. I guess the variety, that's just the seal of the Variety Clubs. You know, it's not cool to make fun of it or anything. I'm, you know, you know I the thought it was fair game. I thought they hired some, you know, 22-year-old wannabe graphic designer. It's like, we just need a, you know, a... Generic looking plaque to put some funny words on. Apparently it's real. Let's see, Variety Clubs. But Los I mean, Angeles. Have an award called Achiever of the Year. Look, <laughs> no, there's the logo. The logo exists in a different form. This man, this singing man, but with his little thin mustache, you know, he has a He's got a look to him. And I guess it's because they were in show business. The members of the club, originally at least, were all in show business. 
Yes. So why why would why would variety clubs award Jeffrey Lebowski? Well, he has actors throughout this wall. And, that's true. And, you know, yes. they're in Los Angeles. So, you know, that's where actors, I suppose, are the social elite of the of the city. Hmm. At least in some regard, some level, right? Right. Yeah, it's not. It's true. It's true. So, you know, there's... He's all for show, too. As we go further along this wall, we start to realize maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe I didn't see it the first time I watched it because I was trying to take too much in, but as you watch it, you do realize, like, you know, some of these awards are mostly just symbolic. Uh, Not even symbolic, just uh, whatever. Getting a sixth-place ribbon at your swim team event. Right. They don't necessarily mean... A whole lot. Or they may or may not, but, I mean, Brandt is so proud of him, them. And the way he goes through. He builds delineate them, them. yes. Mm-hmm. Well, so, well, before we get there, you're mentioning this murkiness, right? Like, you yeah. see the thing, there's the murky, you know, the murky reflection in the metallic plaque. Yeah, because it's, see like the burnished. Dude. Yeah. And Brandt is back there, though you haven't met him yet. You don't even necessarily know what, what's going on there. But, you know, I'm just forced to wonder... Is this a symbolic shot, right? You see Achiever of the Year. It's in focus. But there's the dude, Murky. You know, he sees Achiever of the Year. It comes into focus, but he himself is separate from that. He almost he gets there. He almost gets there, though. He almost gets in focus. He comes right up to it. So that he's so close to it. Do you see how that oh, happens? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, he gets right up there. Right, He almost. looks at it far, far out. He says, what does he say? Something like that. Some Lebowskiism. Far out, man, or something. He says, um... He says, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Lebowski. Lebowski. <laughs> yep. Just kind of, oops. Yes. And then... Branton is like he wants to show him the rewards, the awards. Like, oh, let me show you all these, and the like, dude is just kind of like, well, no, I'm not really. Uh, and then he just gets like steamrolls over him. He doesn't. No, let anyway. me start he showing. Doesn't even care. He's a, because he's so proud of them. Yeah. Oh, please, please feel free to inspect them. Oh, please, please. I don't. And at that don't, point, he's begging him. Yeah. <laughs> he's just begging him. Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> please. And he's still got his sunglasses on, too. <laughs> and he's wearing those, like, s- translucent plastic jellies. sandals. He's wearing jellies. We've talked. Have we talked about them? Did he wear those in the supermarket? I, I don't remember. I've talked about it with somebody. I don't think we did. He's wearing jellies. It's like, what, is he wearing a snap bracelet, too? Yeah, he was not wearing... He was not wearing the jellies in the... uh... I think this is the first time we see him with the jellies. Ugh. Jellies. Is there a worse (laughs) shoe, Brad? You tell me now. You, You answer me true. Is there a worse shoe than jellies? Crocs? I don't think so. Jellies are made out of plastic, like translucent plastic. Right, right. It's like uh, yeah, wearing a glorified like shopping bag over your foot. <laughs> I mean, Crocs would be the thing that might get you close. But jellies? Yeah. No. It's like the stuff that like when you buy like something at the store and it's like 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 bolted into the package by these little like translucent like you just put that on your foot at this point or like if you get chinese food and you get like a soup like item and they put it in like the tall (laughs) hard clear plastic it's a shoe made out of that right right and they just round off the edges a little bit and put a snap on it. well see when you say it that way it sounds really cool actually i want one now 
The feet smell like sour fish, then. It's disgusting. Wonton feet, that's okay. Well, that'd be better than sour fish feet, I guess. Yeah, it's on, wonton feet. I, I, Maybe I, I, I would try my opinion it. on these jellies a little bit. I would give it the old college try. You know, we'd have to take off one of his shoes and really give it a good sniff to determine if that's the case. I don't think I'm going to do that, though. No. So he has jellies, you know, a V-neck t-shirt again, which we talked about in the last, in the bowling alley. He had that. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. he did. Did he have a V-neck? So now, I feel like we talked about this same exact. Yeah, he had the V-neck going on. Yeah, yeah he had the V-neck. So he might be wearing the same clothes. You know, I think he is exactly wearing the same clothes. He went right from, and you know, I think we did talk about the jellies because we see him take them off. Yeah, because he had briefly. to take shoes off. I, I forget. But so there we are. But yeah, so this is the same outfit. So this is the same the same day even, right? Either Walter gets them all wound day, up. Yeah, or he wakes up in the morning and goes yeah. there because we never fully determined what time of the day or night it was. Right, yeah, Although, you, you, you can't tell. I feel like league play happens like in the middle of the day. Was this league play right now, though? They're taking well, it awfully easy for league play. Well, yeah, I guess. Maybe I don't even understand what league play means, to be honest. There, But, I mean, there's lots of, like, bowling team, you know, people wearing matching shirts and everything, like, in the bowling alley. And everyone's there all fanatical about it and everything. But, yeah, so he went right from here, right? Walter wound him up with the unchecked aggression. They peed on your rug. They peed on my rug. They peed on your rug. There drinking he is. some beers, so he's getting yeah. extra wound up. Yeah. He heads over there. He looks up Jeffrey Lebowski and heads over there. How did he look him up? You think he just used the phone book? It's a different era back then. Well, how did the thugs look him up? Because they looked up Jeffrey Lebowski and got this, got the dude, right? So obviously there's some directory of Lebowski's where you can get the wrong one. Some people still use a phone book. Is that true? It is true. I know one of them. I'm not going to name any names or anything, but... Is this person under 60? No. Okay. Somewhat understandable. But this person is an adopter of technology. They have mobile devices, more than one. They have laptop. They research online. Well, use email, they use Facebook, they use Twitter. Is it like, is looking stuff up in the phone book like a special, like, artisanal skill or something? Like, it, you know, like, I can I can use a pen now or type, but, you know, I'm going to go use this chisel and hammer these words out into the stone tablet. Right? Like, that's could, like a, a lost art, right? You can use right, a phone right. book, be similar. And you can kind of hone that and, like, you know, have your merit badge hang your merit badge on your jacket or something but i think it's more like like a safety valve like it's safety because what if what if what if civilization as we know it crumbles around us yet the telephone we find the 7-eleven's phone number right yet this yes yes yet the yes yet the phone system is still working (laughs) and i still need to figure out how late i can go to buy a big gulp (laughs) You never know when you need one of those things. It might be the only thing keeping you going at that point. There's a giant golden key on the wall. City of Pasadena, right? And he doesn't even know what that's for. It's in recognition of his various civic. And he walks up, he's kind of now, it's his proudest moment where he gets to have a, he's got like fresh meat there where he can go and retread all these awards. And he doesn't even know what the key was for. He says, in recognition of his various civic and, um, oh, oh, and then he moves on to the next one. <laughs> he doesn't even know. Right. Yeah, and he, like, um, his very civic, like, starts to, like, you know, fix his tie. He gets a little fidgety for a second. It's, yeah, it's one of his, uh, his giveaways, one of his uh, tells. It's a tell, like playing poker. It's one of his tells. He doesn't know what to do. He fixes his tie. He's at yeah. a loss for words. He fixes his tie. All right. Or hunches his shoulders. Those are his two tells, I think. Yes. And then they move on to this 
Business Achiever Award. Again, lots of achievement happening here. Right. Lots of nebulous achievement. Yes. His Business Achiever Award, which is given out every, well, not necessarily every year. I love maybe, it. Maybe only once because we <laughs> felt so bad for him. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm no. not sure what's going on here. You're right. Well, that's what, they're all like just, they're like sixth place at the swim meet. They're just, okay. You know, his family has money. Uh, publicly, he's in a wheelchair, obviously. He's got the good name. So, you know, it's, it's probably good press for these groups to give him awards so he shows up with the name and the quote-unquote money. It's probably just good press. So it's like, we'll, we'll create an award category for you. Right. Then will you attend, please? Can you bring Maud? Or if nothing else, it's like, you know, it just reminds me, it's just like, you know, some kind of mutual admiration society, right? Like here he is in the upper crust. Right. And all these upper crusters, like, present each other with awards. <laughs> like, that's what they do in their spare time. At, uh, at 10... So at 10.20... 10.24. Just to the left of the gold key, there's a picture, and there's three people in it. Yes. And obviously, Jeffrey Lebowski is at the bottom in yes. his chair. And now there's two people, and they're standing up over him. Is the one on the left Special Agent Dale Cooper? No. But is the one on the right Bill Clinton? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there goes that. Yes. Damn. The gummy like is going to come back in style. <laughs> Man comes out of the blue like that. So, the, so, so they move on from the Business Achiever Award. The dude starts pointing out the picture with with Nancy Reagan. Right. And it's like, oh, that's him there. So he's a uh, he he's crip, you know, uh, handy, handy. Uh, yes, uh, Mr. Lebowski is disabled. So. Again, with the like, the you know, the political correctness, you know. Yeah. Again, the well, dude having to be corrected about the Chinaman by right. Walter. Right. You know, here he is grasping for words to describe uh, Jeffrey Lebowski. Now, to his credit, you know, with the Chinaman incident, he didn't even make an attempt. It, it was probably even it was just off his radar that there might be something wrong with that nomenclature. Here, you can tell, like, oh, maybe there's another word. Maybe it's not. Because he stops himself before he says he's a cripple. So at least, you know, we'll give him a little credit. Oh, yeah. He hasn't fully come out and denigrate right. the man. And, you know, disabled people yeah. everywhere. Right. But there is a, a theme going here. Yes. Yes, of, th that there is. Of this, you know, you know, the politically correct term. It's a flavor, a flavor of the 90s. Early 90s. Early 90s. About the time of our conflict with Saddam. Back when political correctness was perhaps just becoming like the thing. Right. You know, like now... It's, yeah, it's, 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 like it's cool over. Be that way. It's yeah. over, man. Yeah, it's over now. I mean... No one goes around saying Chinaman. No. Mm -mm. It's all done. Back Only in, Louis C.K. says that now. Yeah, back, probably. Probably. Back in 1991, though, you might find a dude in a bowling alley saying Chinaman. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't even necessarily register in that person's mind. It wouldn't even, like... Make a little blip on the radar. And they could be, like, the dude is not racist. You know, he's not, he takes all comers. He accepts people. He's not like Walter. Walter, even though he was correcting him, is much more bigoted than the dude. Is Walter bigoted? I don't know if he's bigoted. He's, uh, yeah, sure he is. Got Kraut down at the league office. All right. Uh, you know. 
And coming from a Jew, it's like, where does he get off? You know, well, I can... almost feel like that saying that it's almost like he's still holding something against Germans for World War Two, right? They totally, were, he they is. were once America's adversary in war, and now they have earned distrust. Yeah. When he go, he starts bandying about Chinamen too. So he's only, he's probably just uh, playing into the. You know, the trend, trending towards political correctness. But the photo of Jeffrey Lebowski was taken with Nancy Reagan. And he's tapping it with his sunglasses. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, 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 tap. Which is beginning to irritate Brant. He's very irritated by this. It's getting under his skin. The lack of respect that the dude is showing these various awards and recognitions. Tap, 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 tap. He's tapping it with his glasses. And it was taken when Nancy Reagan was first lady of the nation, not of California. Brandt makes it very clear right. about that. Yeah, again, another moment. I just love Brandt. I just love this scene. I love all scenes with Brandt, and especially this one. Yes. It's First lady of the nation. I find myself just saying that. Yeah. Oh, randomly. Yeah. I'm showering and I'm just like, that was taken when she was first lady of the nation. The nation. And he, he like waits then for it to sink in. Okay. It's not sinking in. It's not sinking in. Not of California. Yeah. Right. He has to explain it. Yes. And it goes a little bit, I think, past our minute. But like, you know, the whole exchange continues because he's like... Unfortunately, there wasn't time for a photo op with, or yeah, he says, you know, later he actually met with the president, but there was right. there was time for a photo op. Oh well, Nancy's pretty good. Right, Nancy's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Which didn't she start the war on drugs, quote unquote? Didn't she start the whole say no to drugs? She did. Well, yeah. I wouldn't say she started the war on Not drugs, but it, say but no to drugs her was her first lady cause she adopted. It's yes. the torch she picked up. And so for the dude, yeah, Nancy's pretty good. So next to, to the right of the picture with Nancy Reagan, uh-huh. who is that? Well, I, I was, was wondering. wondering I, I, hang on. I, Let me get there. I mean, I th- believe I know who it is, but I just want to hear you say it. I don't have to guess. Well, here's the thing. The dude tells us who it is. Did you, have you noticed that? Yes, but I don't think it's bizarre but I, I to me. I think because now... So I always thought that that was Charlton Heston. Yeah, it's Charlton Heston, is it not? Right. But the dude says, Chuck. And I thought, okay, well, it must be... Um, not him, because you don't shorten Charlton to Chuck. Well, I think you? you could. Charlton, Charles, Chuck, Chuck Heston. Chuck Heston. They say that. But does he say Chuck? He says Ch- Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I listened to it about a million times. Oh, I listened to it a lot. And I felt like he was saying Jack. But of course, if Chuck Heston, yes. Charlton Chuck Heston. He is referred to as in some yeah, web yeah. pages. It's settled. It's, it's so Chuck. it's Chuck, it's and he's Heston. pointing to Chuck. So as a pacifist, dude being a pacifist, even in 1990-91, whenever the hell this was, 91, September of 91, even then, he must have had his misgivings about Chuck. He's just recognizing him as a person, but I can't believe the dude would be someone who would endorse Charlton Heston as a pacifist. Right. Well, is that he is a conscious objector? That is true. I don't know if he's per se a pacifist. Maybe not a pacifist, um, but uh, someone who believes in you know passive resistance. Right. Seattle Seven. Were they more uh, aggressive? 
I guess by no stretch is he a pacifist in this movie, the more I think about it. Yeah. Smokey was a pacifist. Smokey's definitely a pacifist. But um, he, he says, and this is a little ahead of the end of our minute, but he says uh, he was occupying various administration buildings. What does that mean? Yes. Occupying them, like, for protests? Or right. Or occupying them, like, just living there? No, occupying them for protests. That's, that's what, what that's what they That's what they did. Yeah, those, that's what they did. Those people like that. Those crazy kids. Whatever you might call them. It was in the 60s. Yes. Yeah, Charlton Chuck. Heston, Touch of Evil. Touch of Evil? Touch of Evil. Orson Welles. Sure. Big, long tracking shot in the beginning. Charlton Heston plays a Mexican. Oh, jeez, right. Oh, Christ. <laughs> yes. What, and what year was that? 1958. I mean, 58, right? That's the best you could do in 1958. Jeez. Stark, perverse story of murder, kidnapping, and police corruption in Mexican border town. And then it's just like, you know, that sounds like... That could be a cool, like, Guillermo del Toro movie or some, like, you know, hard-hitting, you know, Ang Lee, somebody, I don't know. Right. Then beneath it, directed by Orson Welles, starring Charlton Heston, Orson Welles. Well, that movie got shitty in a hurry. What are you talking about? Because it's just Orson stupid. Welles and Charlton Heston? You're, I don't you're like either them of shitty? them. Yes, shitty. I don't like them. Dislike uh. them. At the very well, at the very least, they don't at, work for me. At the time this uh, film was released, they were I know considered hey. big big business. And even after that, for a long even now, big stuff. You can't denigrate Orson Welles. It's twice I use that word now, but you can't. You can't. You're not allowed to. Well, I don't like him. I don't think his movies are very good. Maybe if I was living at the time his movies came out, that'd be pretty amazing. Like, whoa. But I wasn't. I can study it as something that happened, but I don't have to sit there and think, boy, that's the best movie ever made. They're not making the best televisions ever made right now. I mean, they are making the best televisions ever made right now. 40-year-old televisions are not as good as the ones now. I'm just not. I'm not gonna sit here, and just love everything Orson Welles craps out. You can understand. Can you, as you study it, yes, recognize the debt that many to all filmmakers owe Orson Welles? Sh- sure. Yes, that I can recognize. But that does not make his movies something I want to watch. Right. Really. Ever. Well, I think there's also very good movies out there that I As, necessarily don't want to watch. Sure. No matter how good they are. Like, the, I can watch it true. and be like, that might be the best movie ever made, but I never want to watch it again. Or ever. Just period. Or ever. Yeah, I'm, I wish I never totally. watched it. Totally. But that's a different... I think that's different because you, you, you watch movies like Touch of Evil or Citizen Kane as an academic exercise. So look at how... You know, we now have, you know, flashbacks or whatever, you know. And it's because of this movie. Or look at how his use of, you know, parallel editing, whatever, you know. Fine, I see that. That's great. That doesn't make this even in my top 100 of movies. Unless I'm, like, grading them on some sort of, like, scale of historical relevance. All right, right, well, it goes there, obviously. That doesn't, right, doesn't mean I want to watch it. The English Patient, I, I don't care about that movie so much. I care so little. Well, the English Patient, I think, is in a whole different realm. It, right? it like, is, it's but not... it just gets a lot of hype, and it's like... Yeah, does it get that's... a lot of hype? It got hype at the it, time. It did at the time. I, I think it still does. I think it's still one of the... Oh, I bet they rate it here. Granted, it's not breaking, you know, filmic ground or anything, but mm-hmm. it's probably ranked pretty high. 
whatever. That's probably a bad example. Um, anyway, it's this, there's movies. Every generation has a couple of them, but that doesn't necessarily make them awesome as a standalone thing. Just in context, which is fine. My whole point of that was, you read that, like, if I would have read, before we got went down this whole Charlton Heston thing, if I would have just called you or something, or like texted you, ooh, doesn't this movie sound good? Stark, perverse story of murder, kidnapping, and police corruption in Mexican border town. So especially in this day and age, you know, there's a lot of violence down in Mexico. Depending who's at the helm, this could be like, like gut-wrenching. But then it's like directed by Orson Welles, starring Charlton Heston and Orson Welles. Like it's a different, <laughs> all of a sudden it doesn't sound quite so gut-wrenching. Well, it just sounds dated. Yeah. Right? It was before. I mean, film has definitely taken a turn to realistic realism or like even hyper-realism in a way. Totally. Even comedies. Yeah, where that's like what you kind of expect now. Like, you have to really... Like, it's to a point where if you watch something from... I'm going to say the 60s. I'm going to say the 70s... Definitely the 60s. The 70s is when you can first start to maybe the ice thaws a little bit. But in the 60s, you might, watching a movie from the 60s, you might as well be watching, like, a Shakespearean play in the park or something. Right. Like, you have to use your imagination and, like, look past whatever you're like, seeing to be like, okay, I'm just going to pay attention to, like, the the, 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 story. the writing and, you know, how they've done this versus... You know, yeah, and in this artifice, right? Like, oh, exactly. Like, yeah, like they might have as well have did like you know seven year itch. It might as well have been written in iambic pentameter, right? And people perform it wearing the masks with the smiley face and the frowny face. Well, what emotion are they supposed to be portraying? Smiley face. I'm happy. Yes. And you have to look past all of that. We're yeah, making that's, that's... so many people mad right now if they ever heard this. I. But that's okay. That's a good thing but i'll say i uh, nobody listens but i sometimes like shakespeare and i do like watching some a lot of stuff from the 60s actually i do too and i can this was not to like like just take everything that's you know older than three years and sweep it just get rid of it and ignore it this is for me at least and i do get your point but for me it was specifically orson welles I just don't like Orson Welles. I can watch it. Hey, 2001 came out in the 60s. Easy Rider came out in the 60s. Yes. Those still True have. True enough. Even today, those can still be considered stark. Touch of Evil? I don't know if you right. can consider that stark anymore. Right. So you're right. The 60s might have been not quite the right delineation because toward the end of the 60s you did get into that yes those types of things the graduate could be another one right i'd probably draw the line right down the middle like 65 yeah boom because you you start off with beatles movies and those are good too i can still watch those and love them but i don't know maybe it's just the just watching the beatles romp around on screen maybe that does enough i don't know but i like I like A Hard Day's Night and Help. Head, that's another one. When did that one come out? That's a crazy know. movie. Did you watch that? Yes. Have you seen that? I have. Well, that's just one of these... 68. Pseudo-drug-induced... Right, but... Deals. But yeah, no. Well, but it's also like, you know, talk about artifice, right? Full of, full of, full of that. You have to... You know, that's practically why you're watching it. That's exact, but you know they. I think that they probably saw it with the same eyes that we see it now, for the most part, at least ninety percent. Possibly. But people watching Touch of Evil saw that with very different eyes. Like people were probably vomiting, running from the theaters. You know, it's so stark and violent. And so, who else can we make angry? And now, as we've gone further into this minute. Are you coming around? Not that you were completely disagreeing, but do you think this is definitely entering second act now? Or do you think it's maybe when he takes the rug? 
I don't know. I have a hard time with that being the... F we're still in the first act. I think we're still in a setup at this point. Well, it's got to be when he takes the rug. That's the that would be the only other, right? I mean, or you think it starts when the money comes into play. It can't be. It's too many. Well, this movie definitely has, you know, so many. It's almost like, you know, it, it might even defy that structure to some some level. Yeah, to some, but it's, you know, it's going to have somewhere in there even if it's like some sort of hidden code, it's still going to have that. I mean, like almost inherently every movie's got it. Right. I might say the end of the first act is when they fail to drop off the money. That's interesting, man. Because it has to, like, I'm just thinking when, because I think the first act, it has to end with something like really dramatic. You know, something like, like when the, you know, when the protagonist is, like, set on his journey here or whatever, you know, something, like, life-changing has to happen. Well, it, I know for me it would be pretty life-changing if when I came home tomorrow night, I walked in my door and someone grabbed me from behind, threw me through the living room, the hallway, shoved my head in my dirty-ass toilet and waterboarded me and asked me where all the money was and then peed on my floor and then left. I'd probably have to go to counseling for like 10 years. I wouldn't be able to be alone. I mean, think about, it's humorous because we're watching a movie, but think about that actually happening to you. Well, sure. Well, that's where I got in with the whole thing about him being the, you know, so cavalier about it. So maybe the first act starts right there. Pee on the rug, walk out the door, boom, credits. They just eliminated, you know, 15 minutes worth of it. It's like, let's just start at the first act then. So maybe they are flying in the face of convention. Maybe that's where it starts. It's like, we don't even really see the first act so much. It just ends with the peeing. I don't even agree with that. I'm just no, putting it out there. No, I don't there. think so at all. I mean, ultimately, you know, the first act needs to pose a question, right? Something life-changing happens... And there's some type of question or dilemma that needs to get resolved. So I think Bunny being kidnapped is ultimately that question, right? So it could be at some point where he has to make the drop, or maybe when the drop goes bad, somewhere in there. And ultimately, the movie is resolved at the end when they find out the she whole the truth about Bunny. Yeah. So Brad, that's very interesting, man. So, remember our conversation about the Dylan song that comes on over the credits? Yes. The, the man and me will do nearly any task. Uh, in compensation, whatever, there's a little he would ask. Take a woman like you to get through to the man in me. Well, Bunny's the woman then. If that's the life-changing thing and the question that is posed and it happens because Bunny is kidnapped, well, then Bunny is that woman. Could be. I would buy that for a dollar. Even though it I still might doesn't, buy it for a dollar fifty. Even though it doesn't sit completely right. And I think ultimately the song is just there because it's a... It'll lay like the sound. But I, I if would we tend have, to agree with you. But, but I if mean, we have to pick a woman... If we have to. Bunny could be it, given in light of, you know, this new, this new shit that just came to light, man. <laughs> it could be Bunny. We weren't privy to all this new shit until now. So, that's interesting. Because he's very taken with her when he first meets her. Uh, by your logic, the life-changing event happens when she's kidnapped, and the movie's over when she's returned, basically. Yeah. Now, Graham, when she's kidnapped, it doesn't necessarily change his life. Perhaps. You know, he is asked to, like, make the drop to deal with this. He is Which, he's involved with more money than he's ever seen in right, his life. Right. He's more responsibility. Right. He Which, actually takes on a responsibility, not right. just for money, but for a life. Right. Which he is ill-equipped to deal with. 
ill-equipped to deal Which with. Which I think is an important part of the three-act structure. Mentally, physically, psychologically, yes, yeah. in cannot. any way. He can't do it. <laughs> yeah, so I would say him being given the, the money and the phone, her life is in your hands, dude. No, don't. Don't say it. Right. Her life is in your hands, dude. Like that there there it is. That could be that could be that could be it in some ways. I mean Cause he doesn't protest it. Right. I mean, well, he protests it, but I mean that's just it in the sense that Barely. okay, now he's now he has this thing, right? Now now he's in the in the thick of it. For real now. And there's not really any easy going back. Right. I mean, the other option could be, again, when they fail to make the drop due to Walter's bungling, because at that point, that's where his life is really effed, right? Up until then, it's like, okay, I'll just make the drop, get out of there. But at the same time, yeah, I think... but nah, the, the, I don't like that. I don't the, like that. Yeah, no, the central work. question, I think, is Bunny and what happened to her. So Bunny being kidnapped and the dude being brought in, you have to deal with it. That is, I'm going to say that's the deal. Could be. What's this little plaque down there below the community center? Which we haven't heard this yet, but the little Lebowski Urban Achievers. It's right beneath that. There's a golden shoe with like a portion of the center of it cut out. It's like the... (laughs) And he's disabled, and he's got a plaque with a shoe on it, like the Good Walkers Award. He can't walk. Why is there a shoe on it? Do you think it's a bowling shoe? I don't know. I don't know. There's a hole in the... Here it is. I have a copy of it. Well, I have a copy of a very similar plaque. (laughs) Yes, that hole in it symbolifies that he's walked far. So I just did a Google image search for shoe plaque, and there's a plaque here that looks almost identical. I mean, it has the shoe with the hole in the middle, you know, like the worn-out shoe. And underneath it, there's a little plaque here that says, Most territory covered during first quarter new customer sales promo. Eastern region. It was presented present to George Locke. Yeah, George you're looking Locke. at it now, yeah, too. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> So he's had so many sales, he wore a hole in his shoe. Somebody get that man a moped. And as I look through the shoe plaque, like, that's the only one. Like it's there several times in Google Images, but it's all the same George Locke. Well, he must just keep winning. Nobody can oust him. And no except, one else. Uh, Jeffrey give, Lebowski. No one else gives uh, plaques. Well, there's another shoe plaque there, but it's like there's no words on it. There's the two shoes there, a pair of baby shoes on a wooden plaque. We don't want that. that that's just weird and creepy. Yeah, so it's some like, look at all the good you've done. You've worn your shoes out doing so much stuff. And we don't get to hear about the Little Lebowski Urban Achievers in this minute, unfortunately. So there is a discussion online about how the dude keeps touching the plaques, especially the hole in the shoe. <laughs> okay. I would I want to touch it. I'm looking at it right now. Don't you want to touch it? A little bit. There's probably a little bit of dust like in the grooves. You yep. can kind of like get your nail right in the corner and kind of like dust out, dust out, but then you you kind of force more dust into the crack. So it'd be sort of like a eh thing that you'd want to do I kind of want to touch it but that's interesting that there's no like that shoe shows up outside of you know Lebowski context right well I, it's, it's just maybe like a standard type of plaque you give to people like you go to the trophy store or the plaque store it's like all right, well, we made up this award about someone, you know, we want to give an award. Well, what's the award? Well, it's the most, like, times visiting the community center, even though, you know, he just there's open bar there. It's the only reason he goes. 
So he's been there a lot. He keeps going there and going there. Yeah, yeah, man. He's probably just embezzling the money when he goes there, but... All right, well, here's this shoe. We got this shoe I can put on there. See how it's worn out? Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I don't care. Whatever. It's fine. We're just going to present it to him and be done with it. Standard throwaway award. Oh. I I'm going to go to a trophy store and ask if they have any shoe plaques. I got one on the way to work. I'm going to stop there. It's my homework assignment. There you go. If they have one, you know you're going to have to get one. I will get one. We'll I'm going to start. I, I need like a tr plaque slash trophy room. Yeah. Anybody time can to, have one. Time to, time to can start converting my study. Time to man up. Get some trophies yeah. and plaques. So, so okay. we So, you know, we I googled this shoe plaque and found right. that plaque. Right. And in this, you know, I also noticed, because then I, I googled like shoe plaque Lebowski. Right. And that's where I right. found the link about how... There's this online discussion. People are talking about how the dude keeps touching the hole in the shoe. I also found an Ask Metaphil filter. Help me find the sandals worn in the Big Lebowski. Uh, Where can I find the jelly sandals that the dude wore in the Big uh, Lebowski? Oh, so great. They want the actual ones or just similar ones? I assume they just, they just want a pair of like jelly sandals. And the one guy answered, This place may help, but will likely creep you out in the process. <laughs> And there's like this really. Is it in Los Angeles? Well, it's there's a website, right? The Wonderful oh. World of Jellies, T-Bar or Fisherman Style Plastic Sandals, and it was updated 29th of September 2012. What does that mean, Fisherman Style? I don't know. I don't know different sandal types, but the pictures on this page are definitely enough to creep one out pretty hardcore. That's <laughs> all I can say about that. Is it Lebowski Fest Forum? Did Brant screw up? Is that where you're that, well, That's not where I'm looking at the jellies, but that's where I saw that he was touching the shoe. And then... Oh, what a... Yeah. I'm just gonna have. I'm just now. have to. I'm just. We're just gonna have to throw a picture of, you know, <laughs> some of these jellies up. I just what, fisherman jelly, fisherman stuff. What does that mean? These wonderful plastic T-bar or fisherman sandals. Okay, I understand what a T-bar sandal would be, where it has the, the flap coming over the top of your foot. And then one connecting like from the toes up towards the top of your ankle there, like a T, it makes a T bar. But what are fisherman style jellies? Fisherman style sandals? So. Sandals. See, well, that looks like a T bar sandal to me. Oh, T bars are much thinner, I think. They just have little straps. They're just straps. They don't have all the intricate webbing. Are, are you being creeped out by Images of like the lower legs of people wearing jellies and stuff. Yes, that is so effing nasty. So, are you on the site I was on? Imogirl.tripod.com. Imogiri. Jellies. Yes. Oh, Imogiri. Right, that's an I. Yes. Click like, on the photo above and search ASOS for. I don't think I'm clicking on that photo. So if you scroll down, Ew. there's the side, there's like two men's feet like opposing each other, like two pictures, <laughs> yes. and the one is like transparent. Mid -step. They're both mid-step, yes. too. Yes, yes. Yeah, what's funny is the dude has both of those, I think. He's got the brown leather ones and the clear ones. I think those are his other shoes. Well, the other shoes, well, those are both jellies. The other ones are not the brown jellies. I could be wrong. The other ones I think the dude wears are full-on leather sandals, but I, I Maybe. guess it's hard to I tell. I don't know. They might be, he might have ordered, he might have stocked up when he was in the jelly store. Steven from Texas wearing cobalt blue Sarazian plastic sandals manufactured by blah blah blah. And that's a picture they got there. Scroll down a little bit to get to the ones that are kind of like colored, like multicolored, like, like kind of gummy worms. The children, the children are bad. Oh dear. Oh man. Uh, All right, I think I have to close this website now. Yeah, I'm done with that.
Okay, if anybody wants to go there. Yeah, actually, actually, I'm not. We can't send anyone there, I think. It might be. It's just not good. All right. Don't go there. We'll bleep that out. Yes. <laughs> Man. I don't. That's not hyper real. I don't know what that is. That's some stark business. Talk about stark. Man, I... I don't have anything else after that, man. No, I I don't. I'm not sure I, where to go here. I don't know either. I can usually get, you know, milk it, but I, the jelly's really, like, put the brakes on it. It's just seeing, like, the men's feet opposing in mid-step, and then the weird, like, the three pictures, like, cut out of the children. One was from, like, the late 40s or early 50s with the hiked-up shorts. I just don't even... We can say goodnight to that. Yes. I think... I don't know. Is there anything else left to say about this minute? I don't think so. Because I'm kind of tapped there, out. I'm tapped out. I expected there to be more. Just because we have so many plaques to look at and... Uh, you know, you could, you know, words on the planet. Usually all it takes is a word or two, but, you know, I think the big thought is just that these are inconsequential, you know, things that you put on the wall. They don't even represent any actual achievement. The more you say the word achievement, the less you've actually achieved. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Real achievers are too busy achieving, right. actually right. achieving, than to make a monument to their achievement. Right. And if they, you, you do somehow recognize it, you don't, you just say, person of the year, that's it. Of course, he has the time thing, but that was just a tchotchke that they bought at uh, the mall around Christmas time. Right. Just a but, mirror. But what does it say that that tchotchke kind of thing is out there with all these other... I think it says everything, you know? They all have equal weight. They're equally weighted. He's even got a chalice. There's a chalice on the shelf behind the dude. When he's looking, just when he says Chuck, there's like a chalice back there. Mm -hmm. Well, there's all kinds of like... Uh, Man, stuff. Dude, yeah, there's trophies and stuff. Yeah, there's a couple different chalices, isn't there not? Yeah, a couple different... Picture of like a black and white picture yeah. of yeah. somebody... Underneath uh, the picture of Nancy, it's Discovery Merchants. Right. Commitment Jeffrey to Excellence, Lebowski. Jeffrey Lebowski. Now, did you buy the Blu-ray? I did because not. I did not. But I have, what I'm watching right now is the H. I bought it from iTunes, and it's in HD. Oh, that's right. I think you said that. Yeah, I but I don't that. know. The Blu-ray must be better, because I don't know where they get this HD version from. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do know like, what you're saying. Like, it only exists on... Like, it, they actually went back and are like, dude, let's, like, re-scan this film at HD. Or, I don't know. I mean, maybe on some level it's HD. Like, you know, they have a higher quality copy that they used when they mastered the DVD or something. But, like, it's not... I just can't imagine. I mean, the Blu-ray... Because, again, why did it take so long for the Blu-ray to come out? I, I imagine they were busy... You're developing that thing and I'm sure remastering it and everything else. So I do want to get the Blu-ray. It's good. It's not as stunning as maybe you want it to be, but it's definitely an upgrade from the DVD. Definitely, by far. Yeah, it would be interesting to compare it to the HD version here on on iTunes. Well, and that's just you know that's. Just literally less information right. in in that, so the compression's just probably not as good. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. They compress more it compressed. more, so it's just yeah, exactly. I mean, it looks yeah. more or less the same as Netflix. I mean, the Netflix right. had variable bit rate, so sometimes the Netflix, you know, you never know what you're getting as you're watching it. But I would say it looks like Netflix when Netflix is running really well. Right. I mean, I haven't screaming. done any side-by-side -side comparison, but that's just my sense. I mean, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Lebowski's not on Netflix anymore. It's not on Netflix streaming. Such a bummer. It's a shame. It so, is. I just like knowing it was there. 
Exactly. I could, I could just pull it up on my phone or something and just watch yeah. a couple minutes yeah. of it. Well, that's why I got this on iTunes, because I can load it up here on my computer, watch it on my iPod, Apple TV, wherever I want. Yeah, it's nice. But, it's, yeah, so it's similar. And I figure, you know, going through this process, it was worth buying. And part of the reason I bought it was because, you know, as we do the website, you know, we take screenshots and stuff to put pictures. Yeah. But these bastards at Apple, man. <laughs> They're DRM. I can't get a screenshot of the Big Lebowski, and I can't cut. No, I'm serious, and I can't take because before, you know, I think I spoke in a previous episode how I would like record a minute, I would kind of capture a minute. So I would just kind of do a screen capture of a minute of it playing in Netflix. The DRM thwarts you. The DRM. If I so if I was to like take a screen cap right now, the iTunes window where the movie is just is gray somehow. Huh. It somehow does that. Same thing when I try to use um, my software to like record the screen, the screen capture software. Like, yeah, it, you know, you can go in and like move the iTunes where we size it, but that what's in that window is just gray. That's something. Like somehow wherever these things hook into to take the picture, like it's not there. Well, I got around that by just pointing my freaking camera at it. Yeah. I mean, so now I'm stuck. I mean, if I wanted to, yeah, I could do that. Or, you know, you can rip a DVD, which technically is not <laughs> on the up and up, but it's very common and possible to do. Whereas, yeah, yeah Blu-rays, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that you can, well, I don't have any kind of Blu-ray thing for a computer or anything to do that with, so. Hmm. But we can, make, we can make do. We will. All right, let's put this episode out. Of on its misery. Let's put it on the poop deck. <laughs> right. Next time on Gutter Balls. Those are Mr. Lebowski's children, Different so mothers, to speak. Huh? No, they're not. Racially, he's pretty cool. <laughs>